Whoa. Yeah. Let's hear what you sound like. Hi. How does this sound? Fantastic. Totally fine. It actually sounds fine. It's fine? It's not horrible? No. 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 No, it's really good. Okay, great. Hi. Hello. Hey, we've been recording. The podcast has begun. Your calls have been documented. <laughs> oh, no. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, audio only. So everyone knows how cool you are and good at things you are. And I haven't even given the introduction yet. I u- I used to know how to work things. I no longer do. It's the mustache, man. <laughs> it happened. I lost it all when I got mine. I lost everything. <laughs> Jesse, you look beautiful. <laughs> Hi, boys. How are you? How's How you been? This is so good. I miss your face. I miss your face. I'm sorry. I miss your old face before you got the mustache. I should have been more No, I, I, I understood that. We go, okay. Yeah, okay. I got it. Oh, no, I miss you. Look at your face. I miss you too. Where are so where are you guys? I'm in our I'm in a little jukebox studio behind my place. So I'm in our our little studio. We've made the last record and a half. Oh great. Uh Brooklyn. You've probably heard of it. You're from there. Ooh, yeah, I've heard of that place. Yeah, Brooklyn. And Tommy, where are you? I'm I'm looking out the window at your tree. Hi. Yeah, at, at your house. We're neighbors. Dan 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 Roman and I are neighbors. Love it. Me, me and Tommy's backyards are touching. It's true. Whoa. Oh, cool. That's really fun. Uh, what are the odds? It was a complete uh, coincidence. But Tommy was like, I'm moving to, I'm going to be in LA. And I was like, where are you going to be? And he was like, oh, this address. And it was like, oh my God, you're closer to me than any any human being is. This is incredible. That's incredible. Yeah, it's been awesome. Incredible. Well, Dan, you are on our, our podcast. Our podcast is called Famish. I, I'd like to, you know, we're going to kick it off. Uh, we're going to play a theme song. Uh, and I'd like to... I give you an introduction. I'd like to introduce our guest. Would that be okay? Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Our guest today is a composer, songwriter, producer, once engineer, and someone who learned to drive more recently than you might think. He has scored TV shows, documentaries, indie films, blockbuster hits, and any and all movies from the last 10 years that have the word beasts in the title. <laughs> he has helped create massive songs that you know and love like Say Something by A Great Big World and Christina Aguilera, Treat You Better by Shawn Mendes, and The One by Jukebox the Ghost. <laughs> he is also an incredible friend. Let's welcome him to the pod with a big three-person round of applause. Dan, don't applaud yet. Dan Romer. Hi, guys. guys. Dan Romer is our guest on the pod today. No way. The Dan Romer. <laughs> the Dan Romer. How's it going? Uh, it's great, Dan. It's great to see you. It's great to see you, Jesse. Why don't we play this theme song? Oh, right. We theme decided song. we're not even going to like trigger the, this jingle live anymore, but we need you to hear it because... We like making our guests sit through our theme song, so good luck. I would love that. Great. And... Pretty soon I'm going to be famous, a little more famous than you. Certain people will greet my name with a proud and mighty... And one glorious day my songs will be played at an airport chilies too Why yes I'm gonna be famous And you can be famous too Welcome to Famous Yeah you can applaud now yeah, yeah. We don't but you can Thank you so Great. much thank, thank, thank you. you You still got it Thornwall Thanks, man. That's a that's a that's a co-write though. <laughs> Jesse Kristen came in with a lot of that. Came in hot. I wrote, I wrote a lot of that song. I'm gonna take wrote a lot, a lot of, of credit. I'm yeah. not sure if you still have it or not, Jesse. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> it's, it would be good for me. It's not up to Jesse's normal standards. <laughs> well, it was funny to have conceived of it like f- fully, but not. I couldn't play any of it or sing it. 
I basically had to like. He, he didn't have the words either. He just came in with a. I it had goes the like, words. And then I was like, <laughs> I think it should be this. It's the kind of creative spice uh, Jesse brings. It is. Yeah. And I contributed nothing. So you're like actually famous. No. Are you famous? <laughs> you're actually famous. But what you do is not, you're not in front of the camera. No. This is my only time in front of the camera right now. This is it. Do you feel famous? Do you feel famous? No. Whoa. Oh, wait. Uh... I don't know. The, I don't. Sorry. I asked both questions. How do you feel? <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel famous. Yeah. I mean, I don't get recognized when I walk around in public uh, almost ever. But, but when you do. Oh, I, I, yeah. But like once every six months or something. And it's like at a restaurant and like in, in LA, in, in Silver Lake, probably to be very specific and like a waiter will walk up to me and be like, I just want to let you know, I, I love your music. And I'm like, Oh my God, thank you. And then he's like, I got to go. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> tell me more Tell me more about how much you love me. That's an interesting career in terms of the like famous element. Cause it's like even the most famous film composer of all time, John Williams, I don't know what he looks like. Right. Yeah. But you are famous because every time I've ever met anybody who does any kind of scoring and I mention your name, they're like, oh, wow. Oh, cool. You know, they 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 know your name, even if they don't know your face. You know, what's funny is when you say that, like my instant reaction is like, oh, they're like the guy who does that like music that's like, like I immediately am like, oh, they think I suck. Wait, you (laughs) think, sorry, just zooming in on that. You think people think that you're the guy that goes blip, 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 blip. Yeah, that's what Beast of Southern Wild sounds like. (laughs) It's like blip, 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 I mean, that's how a lot of things they make sound. Yeah, in three, four time. Yeah, yes, it's all in three, it's all like, you know, subdivision three stuff. I mean, you know, the reason why that started was because I started scoring films with Ben Zeitlin, the Beast of Southern Wild director. We like... You know, we started scoring together and we both came from making rock music before that, as you guys know about me. And we kind of decided that it was like kind of corny to use like guitars in scores. Well, I have used guitars in scores, but at the time it was like n- no guitars in scores because then it sounds like your friend made it. You know, that was like our our kind of thought process. And we were like, we want to use strings and horns because that sounds like a score, you know? And so I'm, I was so used to Having, I mean, that, I I, I uh, wrote the Beast of Southern Wild score while I was producing Safe Travels. Yeah, and like one of the things that we use constantly in Safe Travels is palm muted guitar. It's like palm muted, like you know, like like muted type stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm so used to having that envelope, you know, the 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 shape of that sound that, and there's only a certain amount of instruments that do that. You know, and um, so pizzicato strings were the instrument that did that of the instruments we have. I mean, piano can also kind of do it, but... Piano sucks. <laughs> well, there's a difference between intentionally taking your finger off of a note to end it and it just ending automatically, you know? Right. Like, there's something about when you're playing staccato piano where you're like, well, you're trying to play staccato piano when you're going... Bup, 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 bup. You right. know, like if you're, you know, like Ben, you know, if you're playing some kind of quick arpeggio thing, uh, some sort of sweeping, like, we know that you are intentionally taking your fingers off of the piano and there's a planness to that. Whereas with a pizzicato string, you don't have a choice, right? Yeah, exactly. And there's something about intentionality and non-intentionality that I think is really important about music. Like, for example, if I'm playing 
uh, and we've talked about this a lot, the, 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 the four of us, if I'm playing notes that make sense on a chord and then I change chords and keep playing the same notes I was playing on the other chord, even though they don't quote unquote fit on that new chord, because I was playing it on the other chord, my brain is like, well, of course that just keeps happening. And then your brain accepts the fact that it's over the new chord because it's almost like it wasn't intentional. It was almost like just something that happened in the universe. Well, music is context, right? Uh, yeah, like totally. if you have if you have any note can be the correct note if you give it the context to be the correct note. Yes. Well, and, 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 sorry, Tommy. Before you go, say your thing. I just want to ask quickly. Yeah, yeah. Do people listen to this as opposed to watch it? No, no, no. No one listens or watches to this program. <laughs> I'm just I'm doing a lot of air quoting. And uh, oh, we um here. I'll whenever you air quote, I'll do a sound. I'll try to make a sound happen. Okay. So do you want to test it? Um. You want to, let's test it. Can you do air quotes for me? Yeah. Uh, okay, ben, ben is a good person. I'll just dip in and out of applause. But do we know that it was around the word person and not good is the question. <laughs> no, why don't you start saying quote unquote? Okay. So you can Wait. do it. Well, then they don't need the applause. Ben is a good quote person, unquote. <laughs> this is a 30 second applause track, just you know, so we're, we're here for a minute. Okay. That's great. I interrupted you, Tommy. Well, well, what I was going to say is you shouldn't worry too much because we literally started today's taping talking about Jesse's yeah. tank top on a podcast. It's not a tank top. It's not a tank top. Well, I think you called it a tank top, didn't you? <laughs> no, you did. But then I did. Yeah. How could you do that? Do you know what Discord is, Dan? Do you know what Discord is? <laughs> what are you I looking at? I thought I thought you were going to ask. I thought you were saying, do you know what this chord is? And you're going to play me a chord. <laughs> C major seven. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. We what can Discord. play that game. I know How what Discord just... is. So you know that because we were explaining to Jesse what Discord was before you got on, uh-huh. and you know that it's everyone gets on at six forty-five in their time zone and then chats for twenty minutes, and it's audio only, right? <laughs> I don't know about this, but go on. Oh, that's Discord. Oh, that's that's it, really. Oh, <laughs> we can we can move on. I thought you meant like this, like like this, like a server, like a everyone get sign on to the Discord. Yeah, yeah, we do. That's what we mean. <laughs> okay. We were telling Jesse and explaining to him. Oh, that's that. what Discord was. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And you know that, so you're you're gonna you're gonna help us make that a thing. And you did it so gracefully. Clearly, that's bullshit. We figured it out. Okay. Okay. But why would I know that that's bullshit? I just believed you. Now I look like an idiot. Anyway, so pizzicato strings. Yeah. yeah. That's why you have a career? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I'm trying to make other sounds, you know, but I, they keep pulling me back in, man. I, I like to think, Dan, that that we were like, we, we were the opposite of like the thing that launched you. We were the thing that was preventing you from launching. Because he he was literally got his first, he was working on his his first breakthrough film score while he was producing and working nonstop on safe travels for us. And so I feel like we were like the girlfriend in the in the documentary Free Solo, like who's who's just like, you should stop climbing <laughs> and being a world class climber and you should hang out with me more. Yeah. Like anyway, so Dan was working on this score. Like basically anytime we clocked out, you were clocking in on Beasts of the Southern Wild, which was a runaway hit. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> and lo- no, no, it's great. It's great. Yeah. We are demanding so an apology sorry. here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you made the right choice. I think it's really funny because we can't claim that we helped you in any way. And in fact, we had the potential to really harm your long-term career. <laughs> <laughs> um 
And for those of you who don't know, so Dan, in addition to producing Safe Travels, also produced uh, Jukebox the Ghost self-titled. So he did, let's see, I mean, you're the only producer yeah. we've ever, we've like done two records with. And we would have done more, but you're you're a busy man. And if I'm not mistaken, that was the last album you've made with a band. Is that correct? Uh, like we broke you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. you're actually... You may be the only band I've ever produced two records for. What about Jenny? Well, that's not a that's not a band. I mean, that's a solo artist. I'm just thinking about, you know, I mean, I, th- I think it's a very different thing working with a solo artist than working with a band, you know? Right. Because you kind of like make a new band with a solo artist, you know, sort of. Like you're like, okay, let's put together. If they don't, I mean, especially if they don't have their, their musicians they always use every single time. You're kind of, it's just a different thing. Like I kind of did too, a great big world records. It's interesting. I wasn't, I wasn't like even producing records for long enough to be able to like talk that much about it. Like I, I really started producing records in 2006 and stopped in like 2012 and you guys were the last album. Did you, when you started, and this is sort of a bigger picture question actually about like your trajectory as an artist and a creator of music and things. Cause you, you know, you had a band, you did that. You started like engineering and recording your friends at college just slept, you know, you went on tour, we toured together. You've been through all these different phases. Yeah. And I was curious if like, you know, when you started out, at what point did you think, okay, I don't want to be, my my number one dream isn't to be my own band. It's to maybe engineer for my friends and produce records. And then does it become, okay, it's not that it's co-writing or producing or writing strings, or then it's film scoring. Like, I'm just curious how you've navigated through that and like what, yeah. what were the inflection points and, and how you got your head around the shifts and changes. Yeah, that's a big that's a big question. I want I want to say a few things first. First of all, I'm realizing now that I've been shouting this whole time because I can't hear myself in my headphones. It doesn't feel like I've been shouting. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's it's been abrasive and nonstop. <laughs> it's been awesome. Okay. I, I love okay. it. It's it's good. I've had you on mute for most of this podcast. <laughs> okay. The second thing is that I I have this girl who's bothering me while I'm trying to do this. I just want to let you know if Aww. I get to, if I'm like. You know. What's her name? Just for those that know, he didn't hold up a human. He held up a dog. Her name is Tevya. Uh, she's my dog. Um, okay. <laughs> That's the end of the disclaimers. I'm talking at this volume now. Okay. <laughs> for uh, just Everyone just needs to know that Dan Romer is one of the most special human beings in the entire world. Oh, You're just a delight. You're ben, an absolute delight. Ben Thornwell. I, I don't see you visual. enough. I don't see you enough. We live very so far true. away from each other. We do. We do. And you avoid my calls. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, you know, I was the singer in a rock band when I was, well, I, you know, well, okay. So I was playing, I was like making up rock bands, you know, in like junior high school that were not real bands. You know, we just like dyed our hair and pretended we played instruments, you know? And then, um, in high school, I went to school for opera singing at LaGuardia high school. And, uh, I was, I, you know, I went cause so I could go to school for, for music of some kind. You know, I wasn't interested in singing opera. I still am not. I never was. But I did get to be around like a lot of musicians there. And uh, I learned I, uh, my, my music theory teacher. Well, I went to my, I was really obsessed with music theory in general. And I went to my, my one of my teachers and I said, I want to learn more music theory than I'm learning in school. And he said, well, um, you kind of have two routes you can follow. You can either follow a jazz, you can either start learning jazz or, or get deeper into class or get deeper into classical music, essentially. And I was more interested in the classical stuff, so he gave me a stock, uh, a stack, a stack of Bach chorales. Yeah, it's kind of hard to say. A stock of Bach. A stock of Bach. <laughs> a stock of Bach. He gave me a stack of Bach chorales, <laughs> and he showed me how to analyze them. 
And I actually listened to almost no Bach in the process. I just got really into analyzing the sheet music and the four-part voice leading stuff. Yeah. And then I was really into um, the Smashing Pumpkins and they use strings on stuff. And I was like, oh, I can like take this harmony stuff that I'm learning from Bach and I can sort of apply it to string writing. So soprano, because when you, with the choir stuff, it's like soprano, alto, tenor, baritone. And I was like, well, that could just become violin one, violin two, viola, cello. Yeah. So I started writing string quartets for, for rock music I was writing. And because I was at LaGuardia studying music, there were all these string players and I was able to like give them sheet music that I was writing out and um, they would play strings for me. So I was studying the Bach and I was like learning how to write string stuff. And at the same time, my teacher there, my main teacher, uh, his name was Rob Apostle. He was like, hey, um, I have like this weird connection at uh, Sony Records and um, I want to bring you into Sony. And I was like, cool. So I went, I went and had a bunch of meetings over there and they signed me as a spec solo artist kind of. And so I was, when I was like 16, 17, I, I was recording songs I'd written at Sony and I was like watching them like, you know, use the mixing board. And I think they had, no, they were still using tape then, but I was like learning, I was like learning how audio worked watching them and nothing ever came of that. I mean, we recorded like three, well, this was the really, the really interesting thing. I recorded three like fully produced songs and they sounded like fine. I think I, I was really into them. If I found a tape of them, I think they would sound like very like flat and like not mixed. I don't think, they, I don't think at that point they had a budget to like get like a mixing, a real mixing engineer for me. They were mostly just board mixes, you know? But then I remember at one point they were like, oh, you have all these new songs. We should just put you in a booth and you should record like 16 songs on guitar. Um, and I was like, okay. And I did it. And I remember there was like five microphones on my guitar and one on my voice. And I remember listening to it afterwards and being like, this sounds kind of like shit. Like it sounds like really cold and like shitty. Like, why does this sound so bad? And then I was like 17 and at that, I don't know what your guys' experience was. Were you guys writing songs when you were 17? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I feel like at that age. And they were all, they were all really good. <laughs> yeah. They're incredible. <laughs> and, but the thing is, because you're like finding out about so much new stuff and changing your opinion like every day. Yeah. I'm, you're just writing like crazy. Yeah. Everything is new. Yeah. Everything is a discovery. Every chord is a discovery. Every idea is a discovery. Exactly. So I remember I like discovered modulating and I would sit there in math class and write and pick two random chords and sit there and write down like 10 different ways to modulate from one chord to the other chord. And my songs were like wow. complete random mishmashes of keys because I was just, had, was just discovering modulating. Just getting there. Yeah. Man, I'm so jealous of that. Like the infrastructure that you had for that. I, I, yeah, it's cool. I was so locked into classical world where like, I tried to write a cadenza for a piece when I was a sophomore and they really wouldn't let me do it or give me any support or tell me how to do it. So I just didn't. And like, it's such a gift to be around like mentors and people who are like, hey, read this, look at this, try this, record that. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. I tried modulating once in college. <laughs> you didn't take to it, huh? No. I became a drummer. <laughs> yeah. No, ben, ben, I wish you were at LaGuardia. It would have, you, would have, you would have loved it, man. It would have been. Yeah. It would have been. So, and, you know, um, like also like almost I was in the vocal program and I'd say 95% of the vocal program were uh, kids who sang gospel music. And so there cool. was just so much gospel music, maybe not 95, maybe 90%, 95 is high, but like, and I wasn't exposed to that music at all. 
you know, and yeah. then getting to be around it and like listening to them sing and then studying Bach at the same time and being able to sort of like compare because there's a lot of similarities going on. Oh, that, the harmony in, in gospel music is incredible. And it's, yeah. yeah, it's not that far from Bach and the voice leading isn't that far off. And yeah, that's you know, cool. and so, yeah, I mean, you would have, you would have thrived getting, getting to be around that stuff and having that support system for sure. But you did thrive. You did, you're, we, we figured it out. Yeah. I figured it out. It all worked um, out. But so, yeah, I was, I was, um, so yeah, I was like recording at Sony. Uh, I wasn't recording. I, they were recording me. Oh, what I was saying. So I, we recorded these. Six, oh, so what I was saying is I recorded those 16 songs and they sounded like shit. And then um, I had convinced my parents to buy me um, a Tascam four track. You know, one of those like 399 yeah. guys with, you know, uh, $399 guys. And I had like, I, th I think I, I, I had an SM7, uh, SM57. And I just... Um, plugged the 57 into the four track and just sang and played guitar into it and like clipped it a little. Like, like I, I made the gain really high and it kind of got a little distorted. And then I compared the two recordings and, and I'd, I'd written 16 more songs by that point. Very quick, you know, and I recorded those and it was like, they sounded so much better than like these people, you know, and I was like, oh, there's like something about like recording something like shitty and like right there and like imminently as opposed to this like giant studio thing there's like a, a something magical about lo-fi stuff well it's funny that so much of your style is it always feels real the things that you compose and write like it never feels manufactured or bigger than it needs to be everything feels like i don't know like everything about like beasts of the sun wild it's like all like you can visualize an instrument playing the thing that you're hearing and feel it that's cool. Thanks, Ben. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I showed a piece of music I recorded to a composer friend of mine recently, and he was like, and he's he's known my music for a very long time. He was like, wow, man, like no matter what happens, your stuff just still kind of sounds like shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hello, everybody. This is Ben Thornwell from Famous. You just heard me talking earlier, seconds earlier on the podcast. This is an ad break, but it's unique because it's not MailChimp, which hasn't even paid me to make that joke, unfortunately. Uh, I'm here to let you know that tickets are on sale for Halloween 2023. Uh, if you don't know what that is, we do a full set of Jukebox the Ghost and then a set of music as Queen in full costume and character. And we are bringing the show to Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Austin, Carborough, and Baltimore, all in October. It's going to be great. Uh, picture this voice with a mustache and a Freddie Mercury outfit and an absolutely impeccable English accent. If you are listening to this episode after October of 2023, the cities no longer apply to you, but I'm sure we're doing Halloween this year too, so go get those tickets as well. Also, we are launching the Jukebox the Ghost Patreon. Can you believe it? We have famous bonus episodes, content, Jukebox the Ghost Discord, early demos, videos, recordings, MP3s, all sorts of fun stuff. We're really excited to have that going. Um, so please go and check it out and join us there. Uh, regardless, we really appreciate your support, all of your five, four, and two-star reviews, and we are just super grateful for all of our listeners. So without further ado, here's some more famous. Hey, can can we um can we give an example of one of your songs that sounds like shit? Because we meant to play some of your music earlier. And then I asked you a question that's a massive question. We'll get back to it. But um, do you mind if we split off? Yeah, we're going to listen to some of your work. This is what Dan was uh, doing on the side when he was recording our third record. Yeah, this is what he chose over us.
Man, I, I wish everyone could see Dan's face right now. What are you thinking? <laughs> you What's can't see my face, mind? right? Yeah, but they can't. They're listening to the... Well, I mean, someone can. Your dog, us right now. Wait, is this not being filmed? It is. It is. Oh, but okay. most people are consuming this in a podcast form. Okay, 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 okay. We can make clips. Uh, no, I was laughing because <laughs> we were talking about it sounded like shit and like... I just heard like a very clear timing mistake in the piano playing. Yeah. I just haven't listened to this in a while. <laughs> I, I had a nice little, there's a nice little out of tune violin there at the end. Too. Oh yeah. Man, you, when I laughed, you heard what I was, you, I mean. I know exactly what you were doing. I'm not saying you guys like, didn't. I know I'm saying Jesse and Tommy didn't, but, I, uh, I, I, but Ben's a piano player and I know if you, you know, played that piano part, you would have been like, great. oh. I'm a bigger asshole than Tommy and Jesse are with that stuff. Hey, we so, have yeah. uh, mistakes on our first record. This was your first record, kind of. Kind of, a, yeah. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. As a film, my first scorer. feature, my feature, my yeah, it was my first yeah. feature. It's my first full length yeah. album. Yeah, hell yeah, yeah. I mean, that was all. That entire score is recorded with you know what one microphone. Really? What microphone? Well, I'm kind of lying because it, it was so it was recorded with two microphones, but not at this, never at the same time. So there, nothing is recorded stereo. That's a mono piano recording. You know what? I think I rented a pair of microphones. No, no, I bought a pair of stereo mics right at that moment. Uh, for the piano and the celesta. So the piano and the celesta are two mics yeah. hanging over. They're, they're two like small, like small diaphragm uh, guys. like Neumann, like KM184 knockoffs. Is that the right number? It's been so long yeah. and since I've thought about mic names. But it was a, uh, the, the main mic I used was a Perlman TM1. This guy, Dave Perlman, builds microphones out here. It's just like a guy. I visited his shop. I mean, a lot of microphones are just a guy making mics. So it's not that big of a deal. But uh it was that, and then I, and then it was a Perlman TM1 for almost everything, and then for the brass, it was a Royer 121. But yeah, it's just, I mean, all the violins and violas are one guy yeah. overdubbing again and again and again. Johnny Dinklage, who also played violin and viola on Safe Travels. Yep. Yep. And this episode will be called Mike's of the Southern Wild for the for your gearheads. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking about how I, I, I really appreciate that um, you're not a gearhead. Because I think a lot of people can fall into the trap of thinking that they can't execute an idea or do the things that they want because they don't have the right gear. And even working with you for Safe Travels and Self-Titled, like, I felt like you took a very utilitarian approach of like, if the idea is there and the arrangement is there and the heart is there, it sells. It doesn't matter exactly what kind of microphone you, you put in front of it or exactly what console you're using, you know? Uh, I, I've always really like jived with that mindset because I'm not a big gearhead. So I've, I've, I've appreciated seeing somebody succeed who is also, who is not like all about recording to the highest quality tape at all times. Maybe that's why my stuff sounds like shit. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, no, I, you know, I feel like what happens is like, it, it's like once you get a thing to record with where you're like, this m might be the best thing for the job. It, it maybe it's not, but maybe it is, you know, once you like, I remember when I bought a pair of Wonder uh, 67s, I was like, okay, like these microphones sound great and there may be better microphones, but they're, I mean, the thing, but the truth is obviously, you know, any microphone can beat any other microphone in any, in, in some situation. The nicest like $20,000 microphone might not work as well for something as the microphone in your, in your phone, you know? Right. And, 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 and that's a truth that we have. And, and obviously we can't, I can't then just, that doesn't mean I can then say, oh, cool. I'm just going to use my phone to record everything from now on. It'll be great. But I have used my phone to record. I have used phones to record things for scores. And it's, it's, a, it's a cool sound. I mean, I will sometimes just like 
record something with my phone and then fly it into a sampler and then play it, uh, play that sound off a sampler. Like it happens a lot. Yeah. You know, and I'm not like, oh, I need to, all right, I need to get my field recording rig. I need to like, I need to get an, a good like mid-side microphone set up and blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, whatever. I just record it and then that's going to make it sound even cooler that it's like got stuff going. Anyways, what I'm saying is like, once you have like a pair of microphones and a preamp and a converter and you're like, these are good, then I feel like, well, for me, something turned off in my brain that was there before. I used to spend hours and hours on like gear message boards yeah, trying to figure out like what the best 500 series preamps were and like how I could get the very, very best sound for my money. And once you get stuff where you're like, I'm happy with this stuff, that for me, the the urge and the obsession just ended. And it was like, yeah, became just like about about music. Well, and you can always get into this trap of like, I want to buy a new synth. I want to buy a new soft synth, a new plugin, a thing that does this. And then you just spend it. It all does the same stuff at a certain point. And it's just making decisions. Yeah. Like you make a great record with like, with a couple sounds because like, you know, if you, if that's all you have to work with, you're going to make interesting decisions based off what you have. Well, and I, I mean, self-titled, uh, the self-titled jukebox record, I think it's a really interesting process and example because like we basically did the entire record in MIDI and like vocals before we tracked like real instruments. We just tracked like everything was just scratch MIDI and like and directing guitar. And by doing that, it forced us to make sure that it, the songwriting and the arrangements were actually insanely we tight. We arranged the hell out of that. And thought through because you don't have that wiggle room of like hearing something that, you know, has that sparkle through this, the through that mic that you just are trapped with because you're like, well, it sounds good and I guess we have to use it, you know? So it was like we sort of made everything as perfect as possible before actually putting it to tape, which I think I think was really cool on that record. I love making that record with you guys. I think part of the thing was we were like, let's do the opposite thing we did last time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Because we'd made a real, you know, fancy boy record. <laughs> we made a good record. Yeah, it's funny to like be a, uh, a band that... Um, I don't know. I, I always say like, I feel like jukebox live, like playing shows is like the main thing we, we do. That's how I feel about it. And then our records have always felt a little bit like something that you do to play it live. At least that's the way we used to operate. But anyway, our, the self-titled record together, it feels not performed to me, I guess, other than the vocals. It feels very um, crisp, precise, calculated, careful, but not just like a performance. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right on. Yeah. yeah, totally. And actually, you know, can we, um, Ben, I want to jump ahead to this clip uh, from Station Eleven. Yeah. Because uh, what you were talking about, about kind of having a minimalist, scrappy approach. I hear so much of that in this clip. Let's hear it. This is uh, what happened. This was all recorded on an iPhone. <laughs> you can't be alone. It's too hard alone. Go find a stranger to pretty there's like dan romer to a t that is like everything you do in a 40 second clip yeah you know what you know what you know what you're gonna find very funny about this 
saying that is that I didn't write that song. Get out. Was that Emily? Emily Green wrote that one? No, no. Patrick, the showrunner wrote that song. Patrick Somerville. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who picks that <laughs> clip? Who picks that I think clip? I already, this has been a behind the scenes. The arrangement. I mean, I arranged it. Yeah. <laughs> I recorded the music. Yeah, you but, arranged it. No, wait. Now go to the go to the last track on the album now. <laughs> all right, hold on. All right, all right. I got to pull it up. I got to pull it up. I will. Pull it up. Pull it up. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, no, no, no. It's fine. It's a beautiful song. Patrick is going to be so happy when I tell him this happened. You know, he's one of my best friends. Should, we, should he be our guest instead? Should we have? Should he be the guest yeah, instead? Yeah, yeah. Let's have him on. Yeah. We, I could send him a link. He could jump in right now. He would. He would do it. No questions asked. Patrick would jump right in. Hey guys, what's up? I've been fighting, Dan. I've been. I've just been fighting like behind the scenes of this of this pod. I'm like, I think that we should pick the clips because then there are songs we love. And we get to get all excited about playing them. And if people tell us what to play, fuck them. <laughs> but of course, I picked a song that you didn't even write. All right. So this is the song that Dan wants to hear. <laughs> Wait. What happened? Demo bonus? Is it called? De- yeah, yeah. Play. Well, so- yeah, let's play the one. Play it real quick. Do I, you want you want content? Okay, I'm playing. Just play it real quick. Is it coming through? No. Yeah. All right, hold on. I got I to change. Give me 10 seconds to get my, uh, my behind the scenes in order. Okay. Well, while he's doing that, I do want to say that that to me even though Dan didn't write that his arrangement has something in it that I like it it is, has been stuck in my craw ever since we worked together. And I think like really taught me a smarter way to record and arrange, which is not having every, I I think when you're, when you're, when you're starting music and you're just playing in a band or whatever, you think you, you know, you write a song with, with certain chords and then everybody plays the chords with you. And what you taught me and we didn't really instinctually do as a band is that not everybody needs to voice the chord at all times. And it really actually helps the emotion of it to divide uh, the actual notes in the chord and movement and melody among different instruments. So like a lot of times now when Ben is playing some fully fleshed out thing, I'm emphasizing just one note or I'm playing something that stays the same underneath him that relates to the tonic chord. And uh, it was like a total paradigm shift in the way I thought about arranging songs. Because I think before I thought about just like, well, what's a good guitar part? I want to play a good guitar part. Yeah. And uh, I think you have that zoom out kind of approach where you can see the ensemble as all executing the whole. And so like in that piece we listened to, you could hear the voicing on the accordion being different than the voicing on the guitar. And it actually rings way more emotion out of it because it creates all these cool inversions and you know sus chords and stuff and it's really nice what tom is saying is if you want to sound like dan romer just do some stuff and then have one thing just playing the root and the fifth for two and a half minutes yeah and move 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 one of those notes if every you need two to. minutes if there's a five of six chord you gotta move it <laughs> can you just say that repeat that a little more slowly ben just play two notes and get the fuck out of the way two notes at most i only know one this is dan romer's best song Hey Dan, I just thought of this in the shower. I'm in Canada, I'm coming home tomorrow. What happened to you is what happened to me. So this is the voice memo. Wow, that's really awesome. Yeah, he sent me that song on a voice memo. He's, I mean, you hear him saying to me, Dan, Dan, I wrote this in the shower. Here it is. And then so what happened was we had that version of it temped in at the end of episode six of Station Eleven. 
And he was like, we got to get a real version recorded. And we only had like a day to do it. And so I was like, Emily, come to the studio. Let's do this. And we recorded it the day before. And I recorded the guitar part uh, for her to sing to. But then I was like, it should just be a cello playing pizzicato open, those pizzicato voicings that the guitar was playing. And I meant to, I did record cello, but it got mixed. It had to go to the mixing stage before I recorded cello. So that and that ended up having guitar in it because we couldn't record the cello quick enough. And then I was like, well, I'm not going to now on the album version just have cello. Cool. But I meant to have it just be cello, accordion, and vocal. Wow. Interesting. But there it is. Does Patrick, does he write most of your songs? He writes all of them, yeah. <laughs> he writes all of your songs? Yeah, absolutely. It's really cool. I This is a total change of topic, but do you guys remember Let's Go Out and Party? The song that that we wrote together during the self-titled era? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Wait, n- no. No, I don't want your Wait, body. I think I found... Do you have it, Tommy? Yeah. Let's go out and party. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I do no, I don't want your do body. Oh. God, we're children. Well, remember I sent you that the cat song? I love the cat song. Doing it with the cat. Doing it with the cat. <laughs> My number one in that club is the uh, When the Nights Get Long. <laughs> this isn't going to be funny to people who don't really know that song, but the post chorus of When the Nights Get Long, you go, You're in the magic kingdom. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, 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 here in my magic, here in my magic kingdom. <laughs> Some real serious dream state logic shit. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, but it, it works perfectly. Yes, I have downloaded, and I wish to play, Money, Share It With A Cat. Okay. Um, so this- A co-write with all of us, right? There's a co-write with all of us. This is during Self-Titled, and I think we decided, you know, at that time we were all- Try, you know, we always wanted to get a song in a commercial or something. And I and I think someone had done like a pitch. I think it had written like a Taco Bell pitch or something. And this, we didn't do with the prompt. We ended up writing this song. The call it extra cash melody. Yeah, get some money. Yeah. Call it extra cash. Call it extra cash. Yeah. I didn't go over the octave up, I was afraid. <laughs> you know, I've been thinking a lot about singing recently. Um, and it's interesting because uh, I, I, I sang, as I wrote a little thing and I, and, I, and I sent it to Patrick, the Station Living guy. And I'm singing like, I, I feel like I, I sound more like a little boy than I want to when I sing, you know? And I'm realizing, like, and I was realizing that I'm singing in a higher I'm singing, I'm singing higher pitches than I would talk in. And it's interesting because, you know, like when you go to sing, you're like, hey, I'm a guy and I'm singing, you know. Mm-hmm. But if I was talking, I wouldn't talk. In this This is not a pitch I would talk in, you know. Yeah. There's like nervousness to that. And it's like, I talk here. This is around the area I talk in. So really it should be like, hey, guys, this is where I sing. This is where I'm comfortable singing. And then you sound like yourself. And I'm this like, is, what's this the is making me think. Well, it's interesting, right? And it's like sometimes I sometimes I do talk like this. 
Well, you're thinking the other way. Oh, that's me, bad noodle. Singing my notes and talking. And I sing and talk like this. But what's interesting is that when you then try to just sing in the pitches you talk in, it sounds a little bit like unimportant and boring or something. Yeah. Yeah. But some people do that, you know, some people like Lou, like Lou Reed, uh, you know, some rockers, it's like part of their thing is that they're talk singing. Yeah. Dylan, who can neither talk nor sing. <laughs> oh, Bobby. Sorry. Um, I, 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 I don't, well, like, I just want to say, I, first of all, I want to know, okay, well, okay. So I, 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 I'm, I jumped off. Well, we, I stopped talking. You had that big question about. Yeah. Massive yeah, yeah. question. Yeah. It was. Do you it want me to continue you want to go on that road, or do, <laughs> were you about it? to? I feel like you were about to ask a question. Why don't you ask that question and then we'll go back? Well, I want. I would. Uh, would you like? To, okay. Like to hang. I would like to talk to you guys <laughs> all night, and I want to make sure I'm not slowing anything down. I. I can we? This are we this allowed to go as long as thing. we want? This is our podcast. Okay. How long do you have? Yeah, uh, forever. I just want to make sure that I'm not. I, I. I want to make you know. All night long. Okay, great. Our, no, you're right. Our time is more valuable than your time. I. I don't want to be like you are doing us a favor. Okay, great. No, okay, I'm not. I. 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 If you guys said, "Hey, this podcast <laughs> is eight hours long," I'd be like, "Thank God, I get to hang out with my fucking old friends for eight hours. This is the best." We can do this for as long as we want to. Good. Okay, great. I, I'm just making sure that you guys aren't like. Oh God, he's trying to like fucking talk about his shit more. Like when we only have this amount of time, what a fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, I can't, I can't speak to what the listeners are going to say. You know, they may have their own opinions about this so far. I'm, I'm handling it. You know, it's going okay. (laughs) Great. And, and honestly, both bo- both of our listeners have strong opinions, but we don't <laughs> yeah. li- like to listen yeah. to them. Also, I like that this reveals that we don't communicate with our guests who have all been friends. We don't talk to them before we tape. Dan Dan's more of like a coworker. <laughs> <laughs> we don't say we don't go. Hey, maybe we can borrow you for an hour. We just okay, cool. You know, we just roll, and then it's like, "Hi, I haven't seen you." Well, you see Tommy all the time. I do see Tommy a lot, but I haven't seen you in a I very love Tommy. long time. Yeah, I miss you guys. I love Tommy too. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I'm glad. <laughs> Should we just take two minutes? Should we take two? Let's take two. And when I come back, we're gonna keep going, and I want to hear everything about you. Okay, great. Okay, bye. Pretty soon, I'm gonna be famous, a little more famous than you. Why, yes, I'm gonna be famous And you can be famous too Get some money Call it extra cash